This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. If you have a business, big or small, and the computer systems are getting just too complicated to handle on your own, my next guest has a solution. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. Let's kick things off with the consumer news headlines from the past week. BC's top doctor says there will soon be more ways to fight COVID-19. Dr. Bonnie Henry says this will include more rapid tests, a brand new vaccine for those who haven't been immunized, and an online assessment tool to see if people would benefit from antiviral treatments. She says Novavax a new protein-based COVID-19 vaccine that was approved by Health Canada last week will soon be available in the province. Henry says it will be given in two doses to adults. And as we get used to record high prices at the pumps, we can now expect gas prices to continue their race to the stratosphere after Russia's attack on Ukraine. That's according to the experts. Werner Antweiler, director of the Sauter School of Business Prediction Markets at UBC, said this week that Russia's invasion of Ukraine will have obvious effects on the price of oil and gas. Russia is an energy powerhouse. It is the world's third largest oil producer, second largest natural gas producer, And Russia supplies Germany with much of its thermal coal. As such, Western sanctions against Russia could have serious impacts on global energy markets. There is also likely to be an increased demand for Alberta oil in the U.S., since the U.S. gets about 3% of its crude oil from Russia, a supply that could suddenly dry up. At least a few TransLink buses in use right now in the Lower Mainline don't have to worry about the high price of gas. You might be able to see them traveling around town as TransLink slowly takes another step toward phasing out its diesel-powered fleet. The transit company already has two high-tech-looking Nova buses in use, but they can only travel about 40 kilometers on a single charge. Soon, though, TransLink will begin testing a newer model from the same company. That one can go 150 Ks between charges. The two in use now have to continually be charged at stations along their routes. TransLink plans to replace over 400 diesel buses with battery electric buses by 2030. That adds up to uh, over 40,000 tons of greenhouse gas emissions annually. TransLink plans on having a totally zero emission bus fleet by the year 2040. This is all according to a recent post on TransLink's Buzzer blog. And I'm just glad that the buzzer is still a thing. If you grew up in the Lower Mainland and you rode the bus, you might remember the buzzer. It was a pamphlet that you could uh, pick up on the bus and read. Had a little cartoon on it. I still remember the buzzer. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Coming up, a great solution If you have a company and you're struggling with IT computer issues, especially now that we're all going virtual and all our data is in the cloud, our guest from Adaptive Technical can provide not only an affordable solution, but one that will get your business ready for the future. And there is an amazing array of stuff coming along in the future, and you'll hear all about it when we come back on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong.
Welcome back. This is Martin Strong. And I wonder if there are any businesses that don't use computers in their operations. Probably not many. Maybe a, a lemonade stand, but even the kid would have a, an iPhone probably. But in reality, every business has become so dependent on computer systems, uh, especially now that a lot of people are working from home. They're making data available to networks. Uh, they're moving data to the cloud. The advantages are huge for businesses. The technology uh, saves time, saves money, and it can make the business more competitive. But as things become more complicated, how do you manage it? My guest right now on Vancouver Consumer is here to help with that. Ian Sutherland is the co-founder of Adaptive Technical, an IT solutions company providing support for all kinds of clients. Their website is beadaptive.ca, and Ian is with me right now. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm well. It's good to be with you again. Yeah, always fun to talk to you. And and uh, the last time we talked, we were very much in the throes of COVID. And I guess uh, COVID is, I mean, slowly, uh, people are slowly getting back into the office. But I guess the, the remote networked style of doing business is not about to disappear. I don't see it ever changing back 100% to the way it was. No, Martin. Uh, the day that lockdown hit, essentially every one of our clients asked us to immediately change the way they work uh, and do it as soon as possible, instantly, if not sooner. Yeah. And I guess a lot of people found that they can be very productive this way and they might've been surprised by that. Yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's quite a thing. Certainly our business has been set up to work remotely for, uh, the long term, it's it longer than, than COVID, but many businesses have found that the productivity they're getting out of their staff is equal, if not better, when they're able to avoid the commute and give people access to all the things that they need from wherever they are. We have clients that um, we support when they they work on a beach in Thailand, and uh, that that's just a completely different reality than than what we're used to and securing it is the is the real challenge yeah and we'll talk about that about security and uh and how people can protect their their information and and i guess depending on the business i mean i pretty much any business security is is crucial but let's talk a little bit about adaptive technical people can go to be adaptive Dot ca. Uh, so your company serves businesses that are, are very large, but also very small because it's, it's kind of a, uh, uh, sort of a, it, because it's not a one size fits all solution. This, it, it can, can fit for big companies and small companies, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. We serve companies as small as five to 10 computers and maybe one or two servers or cloud services that they use. Uh, all the way up to hospitals of you know 500 to 1,000 staff. So we we have been very very fortunate in our company. We started in my basement in 2006, and uh, knock on wood, it's a work in progress. But now we're we're uh, almost a, a big boy company that needs to pull you know pulls up its pants and does all the company things that it is supposed to do every day. And so supporting 2,500 users with a staff of 17. Uh, we have to be pretty efficient, and uh, we we hope that we we do that. We've certainly 
had some success in uh, supporting companies of all different verticals too. You know, we, we deal in healthcare as well as architecture and insurance and finance. And so, yeah, our, our staff are lucky too, because they get a chance to kind of play with all different sorts of businesses. Yeah. And, and what's, is there one, I don't know if there is one thing, but is what's the one thing that people are asking for these days? What's the, the trend in, in computer systems for businesses? What's the thing you, you're seeing more and more of? Yeah. Well, you nailed it earlier when you said that pretty much every business has, has, uh, IT infrastructure nowadays. Nobody has come to me in, in all the time I've been doing this and said, hey, listen, we, we love working with you, but we're going to go back to paper. So, <laughs> um, you know, we're, the one thing that I'm, I'm hearing most is people want to move to the cloud. They don't want to have big, physical, loud servers that they have to replace every few years and um, think about how to back them up and all that sort of stuff. Cloud services are just so convenient. That's yeah, probably so, the, the biggest biggest thing that I get asked these days. And is that realistic? Um, is is this the way everything is going? Will everything be on the cloud? Well, yes and no. I the cloud is is such a, an interesting development. It's 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 wonderful for for the remote work, and so I think it, if anything, it's going to obviously propagate throughout every business in at least some sort of hybrid environment where you have some things in your office on a physical server, but the vast majority of your services will probably be cloud delivered. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess that really helps productivity because uh, people could be anywhere and they can access a file. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness for the cloud because uh, I think COVID would have been would have been uh, much, much worse if, if everyone was trying to do everything off of their office system. So, so yeah, it, it is extraordinarily convenient, and people use it every day. And, and in the best environments, you don't really know what is hosted in the cloud and what's hosted at your office, right? Like, it should all be seamless to the user. And so, I mean, most businesses now are running something like Microsoft 365 or Google business suite for their email and document sharing. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's been pretty extraordinarily beneficial. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, we're talking to Ian Sutherland from Adaptive Technical. They're beadaptive.ca. They're an IT solutions company uh, serving all sorts of clients. Um, they call it managed IT services that are easy to live with. And uh, you can see everything they do at beadaptive.ca. But you brought up an interesting point. If it wasn't for the cloud uh, in COVID, a lot of work couldn't get done. And I wonder if this pandemic had happened, say, 25 years ago, I wonder the hit to the economy probably would have been a lot worse uh, without I, the kind of technology we have now. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it in, in an environment 20 years ago where, where nothing was cloud hosted and everything ran through servers in, in physical offices, it would have been challenging at best. I, I'm not sure how we would have been able to support clients. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. The cloud came around at the right time. Yeah. So what, what is the, I mean, explain to me really briefly, uh, are, are, is, is it literally a server somewhere in the desert 
that are, that is yeah. holding all this information? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. So Microsoft and Amazon and Google, they have these giant data facilities that are biometrically secured and have redundant power and water and all these sorts of fancy extra things. And they run thousands of servers in them, and they partition little pieces off for each business, basically. So these servers all work together, and, and a cloud system typically will give you just like a little chunk of one of the servers in that data center, and that will be your, your little thing. Now, as I said, it's completely seamless to you, but, but that's what's happening. All of these thousands of servers are working together. Interesting. And, and as you know, the co-founder of Adaptive Technical and you're working with all these people, what's your biggest concern about the cloud? Are, are there some concerns about this? Uh, I mean, I guess we'll talk security as well, but just about the safety of that data, are you ever concerned that it might just disappear? Well, no, because they, they've, you know, when you, when you run your own systems in, in-house, you, you do it in the way that you basically what you do with the server is you you build one point of failure and then you make it as redundant as possible right so and then you make it and then you back it up so when they're building enterprise data centers they're building thousands and thousands of points of redundancy so the the chances of losing all of your data in a cloud environment are exceedingly slim right and and is is the price of of cloud storage just going to continue to go down the way the way it seems to work with computers like the power goes up the prices come down do you think it'll be the same with the cloud yeah so the cloud has become somewhat of a commodity and commodities over time generally drop in price and that is that's been the case uh with with cloud services certainly for some things other things um they've added Dramatically, Microsoft, for instance, has added a whole bunch of services to their business offering called Microsoft 365, and they're doing their first price increase in 10 years. But it's, it's nominal uh, for, the, for the services that you get out of it. Um, but yeah, typically over time, cloud services have come down a lot. So five years ago, if a client were to ask me, hey, can I move my whole server infrastructure to the cloud, I would have said, you can, but it's very expensive. And so over time, those, those ongoing operating costs are quite expensive. But nowadays, uh, five years later, that cost has come down dramatically, and it's a viable option for people to, to move their whole infrastructure to a cloud environment. Right. And you mentioned that Microsoft, uh, their cloud services are, are going up in price, but you say it's, it's not by much. Uh, so what are you recommending to your clients uh, that they sort of buy into that system? Or are there other systems that you like? Well, Microsoft has done a really interesting thing. They're doing a, uh, it's, I guess it's not a super nominal change. There's a 20% change, but they're also saying if you do, Microsoft has always been month to month contracts on their cloud services, but they're now saying if you lock in for a one year period that they won't do the increase on you. And most of our clients have been on with their cloud environment for several years. So locking in for a year is not really a big deal. So if you haven't already spoken to whomever it is that you buy Microsoft Office 365 services about locking in your agreement for a year, you probably should. Yeah. 
Right. We're talking to Ian Sutherland from Adaptive Technical. They're an IT solutions company, beadaptive.ca. And so when you get a call from, say, a small company uh, and they need some help with their computer systems and you go in and you take a look, what's the most common uh, thing that you notice? What, and and, and I'm, I'm hoping to frame this in, in some advice for anybody with a business. What's the most common problem you see with people's computer systems when you go in for the first time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For small business, the typical thing that we see is that they've kind of grown organically over time and added little bits and pieces to their network over time that haven't necessarily been planned out. And so they get to a kind of an ungainly, unmanageable uh, point at a certain point when the business gets big enough and then they almost have to revamp the whole thing. So I guess what I would suggest and for, for most small businesses is if you can try and take the time to pre-plan what you're going to need a little bit as you grow. Um, and that way you don't end up having to, you know, do a wholesale restructuring at any point in the future. Yeah, that, that seems, yeah, well, absolutely. That seems like a real common thing. I think in a lot of different areas where you, you start with one thing and then you sort of Frankenstein together some kind of system. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, you, you've, you've nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you that's, need. That's what I see. <laughs> exactly. That's why you need a, a, some help. And that's where uh, Adaptive Technical comes in. We're talking to Ian Sutherland. Uh, adaptive Technical at beadaptive.ca is the website. They're an IT solutions company providing solutions and support uh, to all kinds of clients. clients, And they call it managed IT services that are easy to live with. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about security because with everything in the cloud, it, it seems uh, that uh, many companies are ripe for security breaches and they can be very expensive. And when we come back, we're going to tell you about what you need to worry about and what you can do to protect yourself. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong and this is Vancouver Consumer and we're talking computer solutions with Ian Sutherland from Adaptive Technical. Beadaptive.ca is their website. Uh, They're an IT solutions company providing support to all kinds of clients, big companies, small companies. And uh, we're, we're just talking about how uh, the, the world of business has been revolutionized by networking and the cloud, and we've really seen the advantages of being able to work remotely uh, through COVID. And uh, talking about the cloud, Ian, and, and all that data that just seems to be flying around magically around us, uh, what about security? Because it seems like uh, when, when data is flying around the world, there are some concerns about how safe that data is. Yeah, this is this is not a, a brief conversation, but we'll we'll try and make it that way. So yes, you're you're absolutely right. If if anything keeps me awake at night, it's making sure that clients are are doing everything that they can to protect themselves on their security side. I know this year I had a half dozen clients send me their cyber security insurance applications. And the questions that insurance companies are asking are, are getting pretty pointed and pretty specific because they know that it's it's uh, a major, major risk. So, you know, what I, if you're asking me, like, what should clients be doing? I'd say a few things. 
first of all, you know, back in 1995, antivirus on your computer was kind of optional, right? Like there weren't that many viruses out there and it was a good idea, but it was, it was kind of an option and no one would ever consider antivirus to be optional these days, right? Yeah. It's just something you need. Well, the same can be said now, I think, about email filtering systems. I think that they're no longer optional. One of the things we've been really pushing this year is that our, our clients need to put in some ransomware, malware filtering systems in front of their, their cloud systems so that they protect their staff from making perfectly human mistakes that are seemingly impossible to train out 100% of your staff. I, I mean, I usually tell people that if you have one in, if you have 10 staff, at least one of them will click on anything. So you, you should think about it that way. Uh, that sounds like Hodgkin's in accounting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's there's somebody that's going to click on on those attachments. So email filtering has become something that you definitely want to be having in front of your your organization's email system to protect yourself. The other thing I'd say is that you know these on the off case that these ransomware things get in, um, you need to have. A, a consistent backup system that is backing up every hour or so, so that you can just restore if someone is able to hold your data hostage. Right. Uh, yeah. So that 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 seems like a, a common thing. So that is that the way a lot of this works? That somebody gets into the computer and takes control of the data and then holds it for ransom basically. And you have to pay them. To yeah. Pay yeah, that's exactly it. So, you know, the old, the old uh, cliche of Tom Cruise coming down an elevator shaft with a laptop and, and hacking the system. That's <laughs> not really how it works. Right. Um, what typically, what typically happens is a hacker gets remote access through uh, a user making a mistake and allowing them to have access. And then they'll, Typically, they'll encrypt all of your data, so all of your Word documents, Excel documents, PDF files, stuff, so that you can't open them. And they'll demand that you pay them money to get the keys. And once they, once you've paid the money, then hopefully they give you the key and you de decrypt all of your data, and it's workable again. In in many scenarios, I had a, I had a law firm client that had this happen, where they have you can imagine hundreds of thousands of PDF documents pertaining to legal cases, and they got the entire network ransomware. Thankfully, they had a backup system that did a backup every hour, and we were able to just restore the last version right over top of all of the encrypted data. So there, there's solutions to it, but they, they have to be pre-planned out, and those Frankenstein networks typically don't have them in place, right? Right. So that would be a fun conversation to have with the hackers, with the law firm, because you could say, oh, by the way, you can keep those PDF files. You can read them all day long, but uh, we've got a copy, so don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it shuts down a, a business. If you, were to, if you were a business and you lose all of your data for a period of a week, you have to try and consider how much that affects whether or not you get to keep the doors open, right? Yeah. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. And and a lot of this is as simple as you get an email from someone you don't know and you click on a link or something, right? That that's right. 
Yeah, that's as simple as it is. It's it's oftentimes just clicking the wrong link, and and then if you're not secured and protected, and I mean, securing the cloud data in Microsoft or Amazon's data center is not something you really need to be concerned about because they're already doing that, and they've got teams and teams and teams of people that are looking at that 24-7. But securing your data against your staff accidentally encrypting the whole thing, that is something you should worry about. Right. And and for anybody listening right now who doesn't have a business, but they have a home computer and they do a lot of stuff on their home computer, what's your, you know, your quick advice to them about security? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. We don't do a lot of home computer work, but I'll tell you, like, on your kids' computers, you definitely need to have some of these things in place, too. The Probably the, the best solution is, is a, a software package called Malware Bytes which you can get online just by Googling it, which is which will protect you pretty well um, in a home environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that sounds like a plan. Um, we're talking to Ian Sutherland. Adaptive Technical is the company. It's an IT solutions company, and they work with all kinds of businesses, large and small, and uh, they will get you up and running and secure uh, just go to beadaptive.ca. That's the website, beadaptive.ca. You can also phone them, 604-357-3456. And we've been talking about, you know, the, the cloud and all the, the new things. And, and it, it's been kind of, that's the one thing about COVID. It's been sort of exciting to see just how far uh, computing has has come and how it's really starting to serve us really well. So what what has you most excited about the future of, of computing for businesses and all that kind of stuff? What, what's coming down the road that might be interesting for people? Well, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, I think this new world of, um, a, a substantial percentage of people working from all around the world and being able to hire from, a global marketplace as opposed to a regional marketplace for your business because you know that those systems are available and, and capable is pretty exciting. I know that, um, you know, I, I have staff that, that are in Poland and, um, and lots of staff that are here regionally too that I only see very, very seldomly because they work almost entirely remotely now. Um, we do video conferencing is, is definitely something that has been embraced and adopted pretty well now. There seems to be a pretty good unwritten etiquette as to how to conduct a video conference meeting. Um, they're smooth and convenient. I know that I travel a lot less now when I have to go see clients. Uh, we do, but we do a lot more frequent face-to-face interactions too. So, you know, these things, these things disconnect us a little bit in that we don't see people around the water cooler as often, but I think that we see people face-to-face quite frequently. And so there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, that sounds, that that sounds exciting. And do do you find um, uh, some companies uh, rely too heavily on, on just employees who know a little bit about computers and then they kind of, uh, you know, we were talking about Frankensteining up, systems <laughs> do you find that occasionally i do yeah i you know the 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 we we run into a few different scenarios when we go visit a new business 
One is that they've got someone on staff that's an enthusiast that maybe built their own gaming computer at home and wants to try their hand at running a business network. And that can work for a period of time. You know, you can get a lot of information off of Google to help you along the way. The other is uh, businesses that are using somebody that's running a business out of their garage, a one or two man show. And, and uh, I find the support that they get is just typically sparse. It's hard to, hard to get a one or two man IT services company to, to be on site within 24 hours because they have so many things they have to do. Um, and, uh, and then you also get, uh, you also get the family members that, that, uh, you know, the owner's, the owner's son is, is really, really kind of feels pretty capable around computers and they try and manage it that way. It, listen, I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but I just know the level of security that, needed these days and it's i think it's it's higher higher level than that yeah no i think that's that's probably so true in in so many businesses uh even creative businesses because people have the tools to do a lot of stuff themselves and uh, so they feel like they can do it all themselves but like i think of photography and things like this but mm. really if you if you want it done professionally and especially at the high stakes of of you know computing and network and security you really need an expert right yeah i i would think so i i certainly i can hack my way through designing a website but it's not something i would do i would hire a professional and and i guess i would hope that the same thing would would apply to your your network and your security yeah absolutely uh we're talking to ian sutherland from uh adaptive technical beadaptive.ca and and one last thing i mean we have talk talk about how you guys are pleasant to be around you're not the typical it guys you know i always think of jimmy <laughs> fallon from saturday night live i think we talked about this last time you know he said hey, my computer's not move you're, you're yeah. a, lot, a lot friendlier than that. Yeah, you know, that is that is probably my biggest challenge day to day, Martin, is is when I I hire staff and when I train staff, I'm I'm trying to train people to be both technically and socially savvy at the same time. Uh <laughs> it's a rare it's a rare crossbreed, but but uh, I think we've done pretty pretty well. We we uh we have a lot of very personable staff and some that we definitely don't send on site right but but for the most part we're 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 really uh working to to be able to have those human conversations when you phone us you know a human being answers the phone there's no automated phone system or anything like that um yeah it is it is a challenge yeah well i guess there's always a few people who are so good at their jobs but they're just not people 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 you know what i mean there are there are some people that talk more effectively to computers than people <laughs> that that's accurate yeah and we and, and you need those people you need them we really <laughs> do we really want those people you know it's like it reminds me of that uh uh scene in a few good men like you want those people on the wall right on. you need them on that wall <laughs> <laughs> well ian always a pleasure to talk to you ian sutherland uh from adaptive technical uh thanks so much for your time yeah my pleasure martin Right on. Ian is uh, from Adaptive Technical. You can go to beadaptive.ca and find out everything they do. And they can really help in today's amazing world 
of, of computing and business computing and what you can do. Uh, you can have people all over the globe. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, uh, if you're looking for relief from high gas prices, uh, don't hold your breath. That's next. This is Martin Strong, and welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. And the outlook is not good if you're hoping for relief from these record high gas prices. They're already climbing this weekend and could climb a lot higher if Russia slows down its output of oil because of the recent attack on Ukraine. A lot of experts are predicting uh, we'll be paying two bucks a liter very soon, possibly uh, in the next few days or weeks. Right now, Russia currently accounts for around 10% of global supply. So the question is how hard the U.S. and other Western powers would be willing to hit Russia's energy sector with sanctions. And uh, another worst case scenario is that Russia itself could cut its own crude exports to retaliate against Western financial sanctions. And even without the geopolitical tensions boiling over, this summer is poised to be a pricey one for people who drive. Seasonal factors alone, such as the rising demand for gasoline when it gets warm, typically push up prices between about 15 to 25 cents a liter. And as we come out of COVID, that demand could be higher than usual. Taxes are also part of the reason for record high gas prices. Uh, Canada's carbon pricing system in place since 2019 means that we are usually paying a provincial or federal carbon tax in addition to a slew of other fuel charges. Ottawa's carbon pricing benchmark started at 20 bucks per ton of CO2 equivalent in 2019, rising to $50 in 2022, and the eventual target is $170 per ton by 2030. And we really didn't notice these higher fuel taxes, mainly because global oil prices were so low, they were suppressed. But now that crude prices are up, it's becoming a lot more apparent when we see the price of a liter of gas. So it looks like the high gas prices are here to stay. So what can we do? Well, there are some small hacks to help reduce the cost of fueling up, according to Christine Darbells at the Canadian Automobile Association, the CAA. She points out that, in general, safe, easy driving is also the most fuel efficient. Frequent jackrabbit starts and hard braking typically increase fuel consumption by nearly 40% when you, you know, leap off the line and then you slam on the brakes. She says that kind of driving, while it increases the cost about 40%, it only gets you to where you're going about 4% faster. Darbell says driving at lower speeds and using cruise control on the highway also keeps fuel consumption in check. And when it's cold, you don't need to warm up your car for a long time. Idling consumes a liter of gas every 20 minutes on average. And using uh, apps like Gas Buddy uh, can help you locate where the cheapest gas is in your area. But the Canadian Auto Association also says, make sure you're not driving all over town just to save a few pennies on a liter of gas. Kind of defeats the purpose. This is Vancouver Consumer. We're here every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho. 
I'm Martin Strong, and the news is next, so stick around. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.